0: This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, women are falling financially behind in every single country in the world. They're earning less, saving less, and then with that money they have, they're investing less. How then can the gender investing gap be closed? as quickly and helpfully as possible. Also, the outcome of women's lower financial literacy levels is that they don't invest their money to the same extent as men do. Research has established that financial knowledge and confidence are both important prerequisites for getting involved in the stock market. And with women controlling a third of the world's wealth, adding $5 trillion to the wealth pool globally every year, a pool which is expected to reach $93 $93 trillion globally by 2023. The time is now. Or oh, I'd say the time was yesterday. For more insights, we speak to Tanya Rolf, co-founder of Sophia. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Howie. Thank you. So I know this is a generalization, but women don't seem to like to talk about money and finances. Why do you think that is? They have this fear and by extension, fear of investing as well.
1: Great question to start with. This starts very early on in our lives when we're young girls. I don't believe that we are socialized as children and as young women to discuss money. So it becomes a more unfamiliar topic for us girls and and young women compared to men who very early on in their lives start to become more comfortable with the topic. I think men start much earlier than us women and the gap between men and women widens just as we age. So for example, where I come from in the UK, it used to be said, I certainly remember growing up, that it was impolite to discuss money and especially the case for women. So I think we're working on the concept that it's impolite to discuss it. We are not taught about financial education in our tertiary education. And so it becomes this alien concept to us. And that gap just widens further and further. There's a fear or a lack of knowledge and a fear of maybe not looking particularly smart if we try to enter the arena. If you haven't been taught something, which, which most of us haven't, male or female, at, and in our tertiary education, it's really hard to understand the very basics. and it, And we're relying on ourselves as individuals to go out and educate ourselves. And I tend to think that this does happen for men when they leave formal education and don't so much as women, because we've been sort of conditioned away from the topic. If we don't have a basic understanding of personal finance, then investing is too far a reach for most of us. So as you say, by extension, one sort of follows the other.
0: Leanne Roberts is co-founder of She Loves Tech, the largest startup competition for women. And she brought up the wealth gap as well.
2: When we think about financial inequality, we tend to think about the pay gap. Women being paid less than men. But there is less attention on the wealth gap. And in reality, this might be more important because it is not just about how much money you make, it is what you do with it. Women invest less of their money than men do and fewer women invest. But the fact is, investing is probably the most important for building wealth and financial independence. Every year that a woman or any person is not finding a way to make their money work for them is really missing out. So if you're not investing your money, find ways to do it. Number one, do some research. And number two, just do it. Invest in small bits at a time. Number three, community is important. Find other women who will do this with you. Number four, understand your risk profile. Everyone's situation is different. Everyone has their own financial obligations, time horizons, career plans, and goals. All in all, just get started and find an investing approach and style that works for you.
0: What are your thoughts, Tanya? Just do it might not do much to allay fears Mm. and a lack of confidence, though, when it comes to investing.
1: I certainly understand Leanne, who, who I know her thoughts there, I think that what she probably means is actually just take first steps. So rather than just do it as in put all of your money behind some brand new concept that you've never been exposed to, I, you know, I don't think anyone would be recommending you do that or anyone legitimate would be suggesting that. But certainly um, just doing it means, how I interpreted that answer is, is just take those first few steps. They're baby steps, yes, but they're steps. So I was speaking to Virginia Tan from Tasia Ventures recently, and she said that she learned an awful lot about investing, but where she learned most, and I think this can be said for most investors, is through actually just doing it. So until you're actually putting your money where your mouth is and actually walking the walk, it's really hard to really ingrain those concepts that you're learning. So just do it, to me, is just take those first few baby steps, and I would completely echo
0: that she did talk about researching first and then just doing it, investing in small bits at a time. And why then is education key here, Tanya? Because confidence issues won't be solved with more knowledge, I reckon. Correct.
1: Education alone is not the solution, but education's definitely the start. And it's the solid foundation that we believe women need. Community is equally as important, though, which is What Sophia is providing too, and many other communities that come together. So women love to learn and they love to learn with others. They love to share their experiences and they want a safer space and they want to help other women on their journey and generally want to feel part of something and doing that together. So we're building an ecosystem, an entire ecosystem for women, a space where you could join as a complete novice, learn through some of those products, become a member, immerse yourself in a in a world of women that, you know, maybe look similar to you and start learning, listening to podcasts and just being together and learning together and picking and choosing what interests you and starting to review some pitches. No one's saying that, come along, do a course, learn something, and then just start throwing your money behind something, but actually just start observing, watching some founders pitch understanding the terminology, becoming comfortable. And I think that's where I think education comes in. It's it's education in conjunction with community. And I think the two things are actually at the heart of making a difference.
0: It's not advice that's new. A lot of the advice out there, Tanya, seems to be about the same for anyone really who wants to be better at controlling their finances, growing their wealth. Why then should the education be uniquely women centric and how can it be?
1: this is a fantastic question. Financial education is not gender-based per se, correct? However, from my experience of working with women entrepreneurs and women investors, we are, whether we like it or not, we are different to men. If we were the same, if we thought the same, we would see less of the gaps that we see today in venture capital and the funding that goes towards founders. But I don't think we are the same and that's okay. However, because there are so many men in financial roles, we need to tip the scales a little and rebalance things. So Sophia and, and others like us you know, are not about seeing women as needy or needing extra support per se. It is about seeing the financial services industry for what it is, which is male-led and male-focused. So Sophia is women-led and it's built for women. So we don't just educate, but as mentioned before, we have an entire ecosystem for women, which may not necessarily appeal to men so much, but we believe we have the solid insights and what makes women feel comfortable on this topic through decades of not only being three women founders, but also working with women entrepreneurs and women investors and the way that we connect with each other and the way we view finance and investing, it is generally different to how men view things. And it all comes back to the gaps that I've spoken to about earlier. There is a place for something that is specifically tailored for women.
0: If you like BT Money Hacks so far, please subscribe to Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. And now back to our conversation with Tanya Rolf, co-founder of Sophia, about closing the gender investing gap through education. Tanya, let's talk about and then maybe embrace the differences, I suppose, between men and women. Women have these natural attributes of being careful and conservative. Maybe we can use that to our advantage,
1: Absolutely. This perceived risk aversion is actually a very positive thing. On average, women spend more time on research and due diligence compared to male investors. And they take appropriate risks, but not risks on a whim. Women are not risk averse. Women hold on to their investments for longer and they trade almost 50% less than men. They stay calmer in a down market and they don't incur the fees associated with changing investments. Professional female investors tend to do better than men. In fact, Goldman Sachs said that 43% of women managed mutual funds outperformed their benchmark in 2020 compared to 41% of those managed by men. So we are natural investors. We just haven't traditionally or historically had the opportunity. Um, But I think we're seeing more and more of that now.
0: Let's then talk about Tanya where the gap is. Because if women investors are earning more than their male counterparts, where's this gap where there are not that many women investing or fewer women investing than men? Maybe we can learn from each other.
1: Absolutely. Yes, there's an awful lot of research out there in recent years to show that women are better investors and often outperform as professional investors compared to their male counterparts. But the issue is we don't have enough of those women. And the professional women investors that are in the workforce are generally not managing as much money as the men. In fact, it's a fraction of the total money under management. So women hold around 4% of all financial leadership positions and specifically around 7% of venture capital partner roles. So the are decision makers within venture capital funds. There's also the gender pay gap and that's real and by extension, the gender wealth gap. So if we have less money, less disposable income at the end of our month, at the end of our year, you know, we have less money to invest. And if we have less money to invest, we're not compounding that through investment, which is where we're seeing this gap. In the Netherlands, on average, women do more unpaid work than men do, especially in terms of household tasks and informal care. So in a gender equal situation, women would do around 25% more paid labor, and men, on the other hand, would do around 17% less paid labor to create equality. So as men and women grow older and start having children, careers and corresponding incomes increasingly diverge. The difference in hourly wages between men and women starts to diverge around the age of 30 to 35, which is probably when women are having children. And there's enough evidence out there to suggest that diverse leadership teams are more profitable. We cannot dispute that. And the evidence is overwhelming. So when you think about why this might be, the conclusion often involves things such as diverse thought processes from the different genders. So this same rule would naturally apply to investing. So having more diverse investment teams would lead to more diverse investment decisions and probably more profitable investment decisions.
0: We also spoke to Ling Lim, who's head of APEC Business Development at 500 Global. When it comes to funding female-led companies as well, that gender inequality couldn't be more apparent.
3: For female founders, what can we do to close the gender investment gap? Firstly, put yourself out there. Network aggressively with other founders, mentors, and don't be afraid to leverage your community to get referrals to potential investors. Peer learning is also imperative for you to stay up to date on what investors are looking for. You can be a great networker while still being authentic to your true self. Secondly, power up your learning. Join workshops, programs, and seek mentorship opportunities to build on your skills. Now, this third one may be very specific, but when it comes to pitching, don't stick to one story. Do adapt to your audience. Different VCs have different point of view and investment tastes, and hence when pitching, it's important that you learn how to craft a story that resonates with that investor that you're pitching to. Find out what they've funded and draw inspiration from the narrative that those founders pitch. Lastly, be curious and be confident. Asking questions and getting feedback post-pitching isn't always a sign of weakness. When you do it with confidence and curiosity, you can come across as promising and coachable, not uncertain.
0: What are your views, Tanya?
1: Yes. Well, when it comes to to funding, absolutely. Um, And I think it comes back to, we have very few women in decision-making roles in venture capital. It's my firm belief that without diverse capital allocators, we cannot expect diverse founders to be receiving funding. But I do think that we also need to focus on encouraging more women into entrepreneurship. That's definitely still a focus. But we need to accept that having more diverse minds thinking about who they want to invest in, where they see the opportunities will result in more diverse founders receiving capital and therefore more diverse businesses being built for all of us, not just for men or or not just for women, but for all of us.
0: We sadly don't have the rest of our lives to talk about gender inequality on this podcast, I mean, Tanya. (laughs) So let's maybe focus on what we could do. The role of other people, maybe governments, private sector, in helping to close this gender investing gap. Men, and more importantly, what can they do?
2: Yeah,
1: great question. There's no better way to being part of reducing the gaps that exists than to be a leader, you know, to be a pioneer, to take action and to get involved. So from a government perspective, I would like to see tertiary education to include more personal finances, to include more entrepreneurship, to include a focus on women in you know, sciences and, and maths and business as well. And we need to get comfortable with money from an early age, which we I think, I believe we do that through education. The current wealth management ecosystem offers very little for women and we're 51% of the population. We're holding a third of the world's wealth. So factoring in products and services for over half the world would be a great start. This probably starts with hiring more women in the first place to better understand the customer. And then when it comes to men, you mentioned, you know, what can men do? This is a hard one. Almost all men I know say they support gender equality. There's a lot of bold statements that are brandished around from a lot of guys that I talk to. And whilst they're mostly not doing anything to hinder gender equality, they're often not doing anything to actively promote it. And it may be that they don't know what to do. And that's fair enough. But is it really the world that we want for our daughters or granddaughters? We need to ask men to raise your hand, stand tall, be active and reach out. And failing any obvious paths for them to get involved is they can reach out to me. (laughs) I have so many suggestions of how men in all sorts of roles, and I work with so many men in many different corporate roles and investor roles as to how they can think about things differently and factor in and
0: include women in the conversation. Tanya, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. We've been discussing how to close the gender investing gap with Tanya Rolf, co-founder of Sophia. And that's a wrap for Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times. And don't forget to subscribe to BT Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcastsbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.